Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you want to have fun and have scratchers to scratch, there's a playful way you can do just that. Scratch with the key or acrylic nail. Scratch with the quill from a porcupine tail. Use a belt buckle from your friend Lamar. Or scratch with your pick while you play guitar. You can scratch in a bunch of different playful ways. Scratchers from the California lottery. A little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching and playing recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this week we are talking a low-key creature feature, ooh, my favorite, uh, body horror anime, cosmic horror and fishing, angry cats, and the reason to not own a car. <laughs> reason to not own a car. <laughs> um, it's also a new month. It's May. Um... If you are a Patreon subscriber, you are Seltzer for Life, in which I spontaneously cry <laughs> because of a drink that I had. A weird experience is out. It sure is. Next week is our continuation of um, New French Extremity. And what did <laughs> what did we watch, Mary Beth? So I really just decided to go to the opposite, swing in the opposite direction from like the kind of broader appeal of high tension and swung into just like art, like really art house New French Extremity with Catherine Briot's 2001 film Fat Girl. 
So that is our fresh wounds where we talk a lot about sexuality, virginity, agency, young women, lots of just trigger warning for everything for that episode. It's a really good discussion. It's just we talk about a lot of really upsetting topics. <laughs> yeah, it's an upsetting one. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sure is. And we dig in quite a bit to like French feminism in general and Catherine Briot's like kind of troubling gender politics and the tr- kind of mm-hmm. overarching troubling gender politics that France has seen for a very long time. Not totally different than what we experienced, but fr- as you all know, France has a quite a reputation. So yeah, we dig in, dig into that too. So get ready to hear all about French feminism and Me Too in France, plus discussion of one of the movies is probably one of the best endings I'd ever seen. Come out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. It's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's start off with, um, I want to hear about body horror anime. I'm always the anime plug on this show. I don't watch as much as I, could, I wish I did, but I have a new obsession. It has just started. We are six episodes in. It is called Hell's Paradise, and it is on Crunchyroll. Okay. With the new episodes every Saturday. And let me tell you that this is... If you like Annihilation, it's definitely got Annihilation vibes. So the premise... Okay. This takes place in the Sengoku period, I believe, in Japan. So this is a period piece. So, yeah, the Sengoku period of Japan, which was um, 15th and 16th centuries of Japan. And it is following a... Samurai ninja, kind of. His name is Gabimaru, and he has been caught and sentenced to death. And but before he is beheaded by a swordsman named Sagari, he is he is invited to this um, gathering with the. Um, it's not. I think it's the emperor. I think it's the emperor. Where basically he's like, we are asking you these like terrifying criminals to go to the special island where to find the elixir of life, and if you can bring back the elixir of life, you are fully pardoned. And cool, great, awesome. But this island uh, is um, fucked. They show, they reveal a body and it's a guy who's still alive, but he has flowers growing out of his eyes. He's like, he's slowly turning into a plant and is like mumbling to himself. Sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's nuts. And so basically they say, so like the prisoner, Gabimaru and his Asaman, who is executioner, Saigiri, are paired up and they go to this island with a bunch of other criminals who have storied past of all different kinds and they get to this island and this island is it looks beautiful but like the butterflies have human faces and their stingers make you hallucinate there are centipedes with human faces there are these weird creatures that it's like a man with a giant fish head and six arms um it's just like these bizarre creatures that kind of look like gods but they're not sure what they are and so we are six episodes in and we have no idea what the hell is going on but it is like monsters and gore and a lot of anime isn't like super super gory there's also a lot of fighting but this one is like people getting sliced open terrible like terrible ways of dying and it's like incredible it's so beautiful like the the animation style is absolutely gorgeous it's from mappa who do a lot of like pretty well-regarded anime series but it's this like fascinating story with body like with all this body horror and these weird creatures but then there's also like gabi madu and sagiri kind of like feeling each other out and it's not really a love story between the two of them but they really like like gabi madu is trying to not be so hardened emotionally and Sagiri wants to be more hardened emotionally. So they're kind of like feeding off of each other in this really interesting dynamic about like 
emotional links to violence. And also Sagiti is the only woman in her clan who has been given, like, been granted the title of Asamon. So there's this really, like, power dynamic shit going on of men being like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And she's like, eat my ass. Yes, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, she, in direct quote, she says, eat my ass, you know, like an anime. Oh, does she really? No, I wish she did. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. This is very much like, fla- this is much more like flowery language, but like, it's... Yeah. It's really pretty, and it's it's just really good, and gr- it it like contrasts this like kind of flowery kind of class stuff with just outright gore and body horror. So it's really good. I'm watching the subs, so there's six episodes of the subs out, but the dubs there's four episodes out, and the dub I mean like the dub is good. I just the first subs, <laughs> but it's on Crunchyroll. It's really awesome. So if you like anime and you like horror anime and you like want more gore in your anime, definitely do this one. Um, Gabby Madu like can like rip out people's throats and they show him like ripping out people's throats with his bare hands. So gnarly. It's good. It's real good. I really need to try to get into anime. A lot of my friends like it. I just uh, I don't know. I need to I need to try it. I think people have a lot of preconceived notions about anime and like to their credit. Some of those notions are correct. Like, it's definitely can be very horny and pervy. But there's also such good shit, too. And, like, you just have to, you have to like, wade through a lot of bad stuff. Or stuff that's not your taste. You have to find, like, the kind of taste you have. Like, the kind of, like, what you want to, like, yeah. the kind you want to watch, too. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Anime is so cool. Scary anime, especially. Because it's even grosser. But yeah, so Hell's Paradise, if anyone is looking for a new anime to watch, and it's not, if you want to wait till it's all out, wait, because it's, again, I'm doing this week by week, which is torture, but, you know. How many episodes do you think it's going to be for the first season? Probably like, 12. Okay. That seems sure, to be the point, trend. Like, okay. I was wondering if, if anime kind of took the trend that, that, like, regular TV has were shorter seasons, because I remember, like, they used to be a little longer for, like back when i was it depends on the series because there are like my hero is still longer and i watch my hero but like hell's paradise is hell's paradise is a more like condensed story um and i also don't know how far along they are in the manga because so often like the animes are based off of the manga and i don't know how far they are in the manga um because i read part of the manga and then they asked me to pay for it and i said i'm cheap Sorry, Viz Media. Yeah. So I, and like Chainsaw Man, the other one I watched stopped 12 episodes for the first season. So I'm, I'm assuming this one is probably going to go to 12 episodes. Okay. I could Google it, but I don't think they put it out there yet. How many episodes are going to have? So, so yeah. So what's this about a low key creature feature? I mean, I love a good low key creature feature. I'm pretty sure you've seen this one too. And I, I didn't watch it this week, but I forgot that it's out. And I wanted to, like, share it with people. Um, I watched The Tank earlier. Oh, yeah! Last, last Or later last month. Yeah! And it's um it's now out on, on VOD. And it is... Uh, it's funny because, like, it's, it's supposedly set in Oregon. But it is a New Zealand production through and through. And I don't think Oregon looks anything like where this place is at. Spoiler, I interviewed the director and it is very much... In New Zealand, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it well, is that a, <laughs> you can tell, and but it very much is not. It's absolutely they don't even, in New Zealand. They really don't try that hard to hide it. And you know what? No, they respect. Don't. <laughs> I don't know why they did it in the states and why they didn't just say New Zealand, but whatever. 
You know, I, I, I sometimes think like it, it's the it's the kind of thing where Americans want to watch American shit. And so <laughs> it's like it's like you try to pretend to be it. You know, like Italian films back from like the 70s where the, yeah. the Italian directors would have uh, ma- uh, like American names. They would have an alias for making American movies. They would cast American, some American actors. They would dub like it. So I, I think that that's probably still the idea. But I don't I don't know why, because it is absolutely not the United States and it doesn't need to be. But it's um a creature feature written and directed by Scott Walker, who... Um, I'm not very familiar with uh, he. I, it looks like he did a movie in 2013 called The Frozen Ground. Yeah, I've never seen it, but it's based on Robert Picton, who is this absolutely. I think it's Robert Picton. Name is Robert Hansen in the movie, but I don't know if oh that was a changed name. You know how they sometimes do. Yeah. Oh no, it is Robert Hansen. I get. I'm, I'm so sorry. I got Robert Hip. Picton and Robert Hansen mixed up. But Robert Hansen basically kidnapped women and then brought them. He was in Alaska, would kidnap women and then like let them loose in nature and then hunt them. Jesus. <laughs> and like he did it to, I think he did it to like a, I don't know if it was him who did it to a lot of indigenous women, but like, yeah, this guy was fucked. So Scott Walker was like, yeah, this is a good movie idea. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, so the tank. Um... <laughs> It is um it's a creature feature and it has like the effects work of of Weta from what I from what I remember. Yeah, Richard um, Taylor from Weta who was like pretty big. Yeah, and so it has like it's a small movie. It's set mostly in one location with the surrounding like countryside-ish. It has a small relatively small cast um but it is about a man and his wife and um daughter who end up he ends up somehow inheriting um, an abandoned coastal property that he didn't know he he had and he goes there and there's like this big water tank out back and he opens it up and somehow there is like demogorgon meets salamander meets something else ish type creature that's living in there and it's basically kind of like a home invasion film of them dealing with this creature that is hunting them and people in the area and it's very low key. It's um, it's a little slow, I would say, in spots. But I think the creature design is really good, and um, I think it's it's good for what it's trying to do. I I really enjoyed it. I did too. I was really excited about it because of the trailer looked really good, and because you know the creature features mm-hmm. can be so hit or miss. But Richard Taylor from and yeah. the Weta team did it, so you knew it was going to be good. But it is. If if anyone has seen the Hollow. The Irish film by Corin Hardy. Oh, mm. It's got similar mm-hmm. vibes. And yeah, there's not does. crazy neighbors, but there's a lot of them like cleaning up the house, learning about the guy's family trauma. And like it's the the atmosphere around it makes up for some of the slowness and mm-hmm. picking up to the monster because like they don't hide the fact like this is weird and like there's something just bizarre happening. So, like, the dread and the atmosphere they build up around it is really good. And then when you see them, like, start seeing the monster, it's awesome. And I spoke to Richard Taylor, actually, who did the costume design. And that's that's a woman in that suit. There is a four a woman who is 4'10". Oh, wow. Because they wanted to do it as a suit because they wanted to have, like, Scott Walker wanted more freedom in terms of, like, what they could do. And since there's a lot of water in this movie, that's not a spoiler. There's just, it's from a tank. They wanted more freedom, so they made a fucking silicon suit and put 
This oh, woman yeah. in the suit, and she had no visibility, and this motherfucker is just like thrashing around in a suit. She was in a suit. That's amazing. Isn't the coolest thing ever? Like she, there was a little person That's in amazing. that, and she was this like yeah, it was a, wo- a woman. I'm so sorry if I'm getting her name, but she basically was like very short but very physical, and was very good at this, like replicating the movement. And it's just it's 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 a really good solid creature feature. It's nothing like crazy new, but it does it hits like the story beats and tropes of a creature feature so well and subverts them enough that it's fun and it doesn't feel like ugh, another creature like another monster movie like it's just it's a good time yeah. it's a it's just like a, a plain old good monster movie it's kind of gross it also helped that i watched it after watching the black demon which is not a recommended movie the shark movie yeah that um yeah that was not a good movie but this is a good time yes so i recommend giving this one a shot yeah uh 100 100 percent. it's really fun but yes well let's uh let's talk about angry cats angry cats okay so let me just pull up his name so we're gonna so as part of fantas boa i requested a movie called mad cats um it's japanese directed by reiki suno and basically a young man goes to find his missing brother and guess what it has a lot to do with cats, and basically this whole fucking movie is about an idiot guy like going to find his brother who found ancient catnip, and now these cat monsters are what? mad about it. And so it's like a weird slapstick road trip movie, but also paired with like a shoot 'em up where they face foes who are cats, but also people. And the only reason what? you know they're cats is because their mouths are a little bit upturned. And, like, every time they get hit with a bullet or something, there's, like, a little sound. <laughs> and some of the cats come back because cats have nine lives. And then also these cats are kidnapping and torturing irresponsible pet shop owners for treating cats poorly. Okay, but why are we killing them then? Because that sounds like a good reason for cats to But then, bad. like, they, the other ones, like, they get, like, when they're on the catnip... They get, it's really not quite clear, to be perfectly honest with you, like, why they're both killing bad people. I'm trying to bring and logic to a movie called Mad Cat about cat people and cat ancient Yeah, cat, so, I mean. like, I wish I could explain to you, like, exactly what this movie is. Um, I don't fully know, but it was really funny. And, like, there's these moments where they're just watching people fight and there's no music in the background. And it's my favorite. Cause like there'll be this epic fight choreography and then it'll just cut to them watching them like hitting each other with no music. And it just like kind of pulls, like makes fun of also like action movie. This whole thing feels like this guy wanted to make an action movie, but it was like, how can we get the most ridiculous action movie ever? And this was what he came up with. And like, I respect that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like not, I want to see it now. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really bizarre. But like, interesting i have absolutely no fucking idea when any of this is gonna happen like come out why like coming out wise but uh yeah yeah that's mad cats <laughs> but then i also know that if people listen to last week's episode you know that we were going to talk about a game this week and mm-hmm. so we were talking about cosmic horror and fishing terry which game is this we're talking dredge man and it's um I know you're a lot farther in it than I am, but good gravy. You play as a, a fisherman who shows up at this um, island town with this big uh, lighthouse after you've kind of crashed your, your boat. And the mayor is like, 
here, have my old rickety boat. It kind of sucks, but you can have it and then go fish. <laughs> and like you basically start fishing and it's kind of an inventory management where it's almost a little Tetrisy where when you go fish, there's like a fishing mini game and you get a fish and it isn't a specific shape like an L or like a, a long three space uh, straight line or even weirder designs later on. And you have to kind of fit them in your limited space that also has room for a propeller and your fishing tools and um, nets if you have them. And so it's, it's basically kind of that. But then there's also cosmic horror because uh, you start to fish and sometimes you get a weird ass fish <laughs> that is mutated. And they say, don't stay out at night. And if you stay out at night, your sanity starts to drop and weird things start happening. And so it's sort of like a cozy horror, cozy horror game, but also not at the same point. Yes. And it's a whole lot of fun. I know you've been obsessed with it. I've been hyper fixated on this game since like last week we talked about it. I bought it and I'm almost done with it. <laughs> it's yeah, not a long game. I'm like <laughs> haven't upgraded my ship much or anything. <laughs> well, it's not a long game. It's not super long. Yeah. I wish I could tell you how many hours. I've also, I'm slow. I've been slow at it, but it's like probably like a 12, 15 hour game if I'm being generous, I think. If you want to do the I'm full like story, like do the it. full storyline. So I, I, lo I love fishing, like in general, like I grew up going fishing um, with my family. I haven't gone fishing in a long time, but like, I love going fishing. My stepdad's family had a farm where they had like, it was like a, t a shitty little farmhouse, like dilapidated and a little pier. And we would go there all this time in the summer and go fishing. And like, I would catch eels. Like saltwater? Yeah, yeah oh, wow. brackish. It was great. Yeah, it was like Maryland Bay water. So we would catch like okay. eels, catfish, bass, sunfish. We'd go crabbing sometimes. And I would also go fishing. Like I, I li I've lived in on the water like my whole life, not like bougie on the water, but just like I'm in Maryland and we're near the Chesapeake Bay. So like fishing was kind of just like part of my growing up. We'd, my stepdad used to have a little dinky boat and we'd go fishing for like rockfish and stuff like that. So I've always loved fishing because it's always meant like family time. And so, and then I love fishing like mini games. So I was like, so, and the cosmic horror is so much my shit. So I was so excited. And what I love about this game is that like, there's no combat. So, you know, when you're going to each section of this of this map there are monsters like sea monsters but you can't fight them which sounds frustrating but you find out these cool logical ways and like tactics to get around them and kind of like deal with them without having to fight them and like worry about like a status bar and things like that you kind of just learn all the strategies because as you go along you're meeting different people on these islands and helping them achieve quests because when you help them achieve the quest they'll help you when you go from achieving a quest, then you help find, then they help you find these relics. And the whole point at the, like the main story point is you are helping this weirdo on an island collect all of these relics to do something. And it's obvious, like as the game progresses, it's obvious that like, it's probably not going to go great when you give him all the relics. I don't know yet, but just like the vibe isn't great, but like, it's so fun it's so pretty and it is really pretty it's just like absolutely gorgeous and there's so many things you can find and there's like this encyclopedia of fish and there's different sections like different like like different places where you can fish and you have to have certain rods to be able to fish in those environments and it's just like very much my kind of game like a management game it's like stardew valley with a little bit more plot 
um, or way more plot. And I'm just like finding like all the upgrades and like playing Tetris in my inventory and organizing my inventory. And it's just so easy to zone out to. Like I'm playing this game instead of going to bed at night, which is like how you know it's good. Yeah. I think I'm also just like trying to find something to, to like do that's not work related. So it's like it just like helps part of my brain. And I love it so much and I'm like sad I'm going to be done with it, but I'm probably going to play it, keep like playing it over because I think this is a game with a lot of like replayability because there's so much stuff to find on the map that isn't necessarily story related. So I'm playing it on my Switch. Yeah, and I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. Yeah. Steam Deck for me doesn't have the best battery life. And so... I have like a a timer (laughs) for when I have to absolutely go to bed because this is one of those like I I was like I was laying in bed last night as I was playing it and I really had to go pee. But I was like, I need to go deliver these fish. And so I went to deliver the fish and I was like, "Ah, I can go one more round and go out looking for fish. And that went on for a good 20 minutes before I was like, okay, I really need to go pee. So there's that. But then like uh, last night, I also got to an area like I decided I'm going to branch out because I've been keeping around this very small little archipelago type archipelago, not archipelago. That's music. (laughs) And I haven't really ventured too far out. And last night I ventured out to an area that I really had no place to. I really should not have been yet, I don't think. And I got like attacked by these red fish that just kept slowing my ship down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, where were you? someplace devil something oh devil's spine devil's spine spine. you you should not go there yet i know i should not go yeah that's that's the last that's where i'm at right now okay that was the first time i died in the game because um the fish i i I hit something and when my engine was broken wasn't doing so hot and like then the fish came and started slowing me down and then this big ass fish just came in yeah 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 you You don't have yeah you don't have any of the stuff i should not have (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's literally the final area you're supposed to go to after you have all of like the upgrades and like a lot of the abilities yep i have Um, no upgrades Yeah, so you're gonna yeah, 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 yeah. okay. My dinky starting ship. I'm not even I don't have even upgraded my hole yet because I'm trying to find a specific piece. And I had looked online for a guide and it recommended that there's some random merchant that shows up and it posts all these items like, okay, well I'll go out to this one place to go find it, and that was a horrible decision. But it's a lot of fun. It's beautiful. I'm really I'm really enjoying it, even though I got killed by a giant fish. All right, and then finally, Mary Beth, you sent me a picture of you watching this opening scene. What is this reason to not own a car? So we watched Final Destination 2, which has scarred and shaped an entire generation. I know listener of the show, Tony Kaufman, this is like his, his scarred for life moment is the opening of this film, which is absolutely fair. Yes, 100%. I can see why, because this movie makes me... Um, not want to go in a car, uh, and not go to the dentist ever again. I'm already terrified of the dentist. And, uh, while nothing technically happens in the dentist office, it still gave me stress watching it with the dentist office. Also, perhaps the most unceremonious killing off of a legacy character I've seen. (laughs) If I, well, I've seen, I've seen Texas Chainsaw 2022. So perhaps that is the most unceremonious killing off of a legacy character. But before that, atrocity. Was killing off Ali Larder. 
Oh, I thought you were going to go with Alex, who is killed off off screen. Oh, I, I, oh yeah, that I was, <laughs> that was pretty bad too. That, that was mostly just like, I, I can, I can almost forgive like an off screen death in a way. I don't know why, but yeah. I just love that it was a falling brick. I know. Like, like survived <laughs> everything. Dude survived hiding in his cabin, you know, kitty proofing it from accidents. And then just is unceremoniously killed from a falling brick. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yep. This is my first time watching it. Yeah. And yeah. the acting is horrible. I'm so sorry to say, but it's a little cheese. But yeah. I, goddamn, the kill, the one that really got me, besides like, well, we have the, the, the opening like premonition scene, which is like going on forever with like, <laughs> With it's every, it's so intense. Like every, like I just wanted to see how they filmed that because there's cars going everywhere. There's explosions everywhere. There's just like so oh, much they going had money on. For this one, yeah, they really. Oh, they really fucking did. Uh, you can definitely tell they had big money for the kills in this because the kills in this are like much bigger and like crazy, which overshadows the acting because really, like no one comes to Final Destination for acting. Like they're here for the crazy ass like Rue Goldberg machine death type situations here. And, like, I mean, just from, like, the fucking, when her, um, red, when, like, the main girl's car flips over and people's, like, hair and arms are sticking out of the windows as it's flipping over. And I'm just, like, this is insanity. And I I forgot for a second that she has has a premonition first because I was just, like, wait, I'm so sorry. What is happening here? And. That's what I had in the first one. Yeah. I literally was, like. What just happened? <laughs> and the other death that I really loved was when the kid gets squashed by the glass pane. It's so good. It's that is edited so, so well. Good, like disturbingly well. Yeah, like I, I rewound it a few times. I was like, that kill is so good. Like it's obviously like a sack of blood in there when it, when it, when it's edited, but good Lord, it doesn't look like it. It is edited so well. It's really edited incredibly well. And the, and like preceding this is like a five minute long sequence at a dentist office where of course they have all of like the red herrings of like the water leaking out of the aquarium and hitting the, like hitting the, um, outlets, um, a fish pigeon smashing pigeons. the glass the the fake goldfish or, or blowfish falling in the kid's mouth yeah needles like everything you could possibly do to like tease it out yeah and it, i was just happening. like what the fuck and then they and then they completely just like flatten him like a pancake what i like about this movie is that it takes the first one and turns it into a dark comedy like this movie is funny if you have a warped sense of yeah humor. that's true the the ending scene where they like all of a sudden realize that the one kid was actually saved as well. And then he just explodes and his arm plops down. His I know. Arm just, like, just... Hits, the, hits the plate in front of his mom. Yes. It ends on her screaming. I'm like, this it's movie so is good. dark comedy. It is. Everything I'm... is. It's, it takes the splat stick nature and it just sort of like turns it into comedy gold. Like I was cackling throughout most of this movie. I was too. I was like, and it, like the airbag, and, and again, like because the airbag is incredible because like it's all just like so ridiculous. You can't help but laugh. You're like, come on, and like it's just so it's playful and it knows what it's doing. Especially when it has like Tony Todd ripping out a guy a corpse's nipple ring. 
and he's like talking like the devil. So I mean, like this movie, I I am excited to see how this continues to progress. This series, and I mean, like oh, once it's again, really downhill from here. We talked about this with um, when we talked about the first Final Destination with was that Cooper, right? We talked about the original Final yeah. Destination with Cooper. We talked about yeah. Coach. We talked about how, like, Final Destination has, like, shaped a generation in terms of fear. And this movie in particular. And, like, I always forget that this is the second one, not the first one. Because I feel like this is the scene that everyone knows from Final Destination. It's, like, the logs falling off the truck. And maybe that, like, maybe that's, like, closer to my age group. But I feel like we all know that scene. and know it's from Final Destination. But it doesn't really connect to, I think, at first that it's the, it's the sequel, not the first one. And it has, like, every time... I drive past logs in the back of a truck, even though I just saw it, I always think of Final Destination. And, like, Steve will think of Final Destination. Like, every time I'm in a car with anybody, we always mention it. And it is, like, so steeped in our collective traumatized media consciousness. It's kind of incredible, honestly, to have that much of an impact on a generation's fear. Like, that's cool. I I even, like, tweeted at one point um, where I I took a picture. I was following behind... A truck that had like i think they were i can't remember i think they were like foam or plastic like pipes and it was just like a whole mess of them and i was like this is the um that kind of like the uh what what is what is that company like the uncorked <laughs> version of final destination because it was just like i can't remember what they were but it was like little plastic pipes as opposed to like <laughs> and i it, it's it's in my head anytime i'm driving behind something it, it's just like that's that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's it's truly incredible how it has shaped our entire consciousness. And I don't really know what to expect. Oh yeah, it was rugs. It was rugs. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. It was rugs. <laughs> the uncorked version of Final Destination Two is what I is what I, I tweeted out. Why is there so much time between Final Destination movies? Like, the first one was 2000. This one was 2003. I feel like that's a little, I guess they're kind of expensive to make. Yeah. I'm just I, like, I feel like a lot of things get rushed now, and I don't that's think that true. was necessarily the case. You know, you're right. I'm so used to everyone like, all right, we got to put out 45,000 movies per year. <laughs> Expedite it, please. Yeah, because it's like three years until the third six, one. and then it, or until the third one. Mary Elizabeth Weinstein is in the next one. Yes. Yeah. This movie. (laughs) Which one? The third one? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, is it bad? There's some good there's some good kills. I it's really I think the fourth one, the final destination, I think is what it's called. Oh, there's only Um, five of them? Why did I think there were more than five? Yeah, there's only five. But um the final destination is not good at all. But the fifth one's great. I love that. I fucking love when like the final destination and there's a movie after it. It's mm-hmm. it's just so good. Also, uh, teaser for an episode that we're, fe- we're uh, publishing in the future. I watched this Final Destination two, and then I watched Nightmare on Elm Street two. So today has been the second fr- second uh, entries in a franchise day for me. Plus Megalomaniac, but that we don't have to talk about. That. <laughs> Why did I watch that movie a second time? It's a good question. I haven't even seen it the first time yet. Well, that has been our week in movies and video games. Literally all I've been playing is Dredge. Like, we're lucky I watched anything this week, to be perfectly honest with you. But it's because I have to work. And so I can't just play video games all day, unfortunately. 
But so next week uh, on Little Cuts, we are again continuing our Final Destination watch along, and we are watching the third one with a roller coaster opener. Um, but Mary Beth, who are we chatting with on Monday? On Monday, we are chatting with podcaster, writer, author, jack of all writing trades, Cass Clark, and they brought with them Urban Fucking Legend. We we talk a, we go a little off the rails about urban like literal urban legends, but it's really fun, I promise. It's not as chaotic as as the Robbie Banfitch changeling <laughs> episode where we didn't talk about the changeling very much, but it is definitely we go off rails. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely do. But it's fun. I mean, it like, is. this is a movie I it's think that great... is okay to go off the rails with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, we all got to, like, let down our hair, get our eyes really wide, and go full camp. I mean, I don't really have any hair to let down. But if I did, you bet it'd be curly and long. Did you have curly yeah. hair? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I have the f- I had the finest hair. Uh, yeah, I've never had good hair. Get a good beard, though. Anyway, um, listeners, you've heard from us. You've heard from us. That's it. You just heard from us. I, for some reason, thought... (laughs) I was like, we didn't talk about Final Destination 3. And then we have... I just... I'm doing great on this beautiful Wednesday night. Um, Listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch something that we watched this week? Or did you play Dredge? I really want to know. I want to know all of the cool fish that you have found. So you can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McGanders, and I caught a hammerhead shark in this game, so I'm good. I'm at Gailey Dreadful, and I was there when someone caught a hammerhead shark in real life. Yeah, right. Cool. I like that. (laughs) And I was so thankful I was not the one that caught it, because that bitch was hard to reel in. I can fucking imagine. Um, it was definitely super hard to reel in on my video game on my Nintendo Switch. Anyway, so, and also don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter, at Scar Podcast. <laughs> and please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. It's been a moment since we've had a review. I would like us to have some more. That'd be really nice. And if you want to help support us, we have a Patreon. We have a new Fresh Wounds episode. Uh, last month was High Tension. This month is Fat Girl. We are just moving along and building up all of those movie episodes. So come join us. Eh. I don't know why I did this. And then you can see the cool faces I make. Eh. Thank you to Eric Power for artwork. Speaking of Eric Power, go go pre-order Attack of the Demons of Vinegar Syndrome. We did a commentary track on it. And just just to let people know, because um, I think this is going to be important for you to know. And yes, I am slowly vamping. As I pull it up, as of today, as of this recording on Wednesday, there's only 511 copies left of the limited edition of Attack of the Demons, and there's only 433 of the standard edition. So get on it. Get on it. We did a really, really good commentary track. Yeah, we did. And it's only been up for pre-order since Monday. Yeah, it's a really, really good commentary. I'm really proud of it. We worked really hard. So we did. And obviously Eric and Andreas made an incredible movie and they worked very hard on the movie. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah, whatever. But we recorded a one hour long commentary track. (laughs) Definitely would have it without their incredible film. So please go check that out. Pre-order it. You won't regret it. There's some really cool stuff on there and it's an incredible movie. So 
Yeah, they put together a really nice package, they I think, did. and it looks really cool. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of them. So we love proud. them. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, thank you to Sean Keller for music. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting us. As always, please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. Scratch with the quill from a porcupine tail. Use a belt buckle from your friend Lamar. Or scratch with your pick while you play guitar. You can scratch in a bunch of different playful ways. Scratchers from the California lottery. A little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.